You're listening to Self Alchemy from Triggered to Healed, the podcast with Natalie and Zoe Mazzoni, empowering you to take control of your own healing and transformation from Triggered to Healed. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Self Alchemy from Triggered to Healed. I'm Natalie Mazzoni, the Soulful Alchemist, and my co-host today is my daughter, Zoe Mazzoni. Hi. How's everyone going? Going good, Mum? <laughs> going good. <laughs> I have a raging hormonal headache, but let's get down to it because we have an interesting question today. I think you said something about boundaries, Zoe. Yeah. So the question is, I struggle with implementing boundaries with my family and other relationships in my life. How can I communicate effectively my boundaries with others? I don't know if I'm, like, the right person to ask this question Me neither. To. Honestly, sometimes I have trouble with it. I generally, like, I, I'm i kind of someone with a lot of this, a lot of different aspects of my life I'm like this, um, where, like, I have zero boundaries when I first start something in a relationship or whatever, and then as time goes on and shit hits the fan, that's when I allow myself to be guided by what boundaries I should have put in place from the beginning, if that makes sense. I feel like we learn more about ourselves every time we connect with new people and stuff like that because yeah. we don't know what they're going to bring to the yeah. table within the friendship or connection you have with yeah. them. I think the fear, though, comes from – well, I actually think it comes from, from stemming from self-worth. So people-pleasing? People-pleasing, um, whether you deserve – like you, you're worried about what other people are going to think or how they're going to react or if they're going to love you or like you – if you show up as this person with these healthy boundaries in place, definitely people-pleasing. Um, yeah, rather than having those sort of things. The, the, the hard thing that I have found for myself is backtracking and trying to put in boundaries after the fact. Yeah, that's hard. Because like, you kind of make it out like it's okay with what they do, but then all of a sudden you kind of speak then up like it's never. all of a sudden it's not. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, but you didn't have a problem before. Yes. It's like... I didn't know how to communicate that I was not okay about yeah, it. And, like, you don't – and I, I think, like, a lot of boundaries can come from, like, when you reach burnout mm. or, you know, you're just stressed from so much that's going on, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's always generally something that happens where you've got to go enough is enough before boundaries get put in place. That's what a lot of people tell me or come, like, you know, when I'm speaking to people. Mm. Uh, it's generally from that point of view. It's never – I don't think I've – I don't think I've ever spoken to someone – who has ever come to me and wanted to put boundaries in place from the get-go of something. I don't think so either. That's what I mean. Like when you meet new people, you don't know what they're about and you don't know what they're going to either trigger you with yeah, or yeah. What, how much you can actually have well, the capacity to advocate for them in any way that is possible. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think with boundaries, my thing has always been just go on hell for leather or whatever I've just committed myself to, burning myself out, being a people pleaser um, and wanting to do everything for everybody that I love and enabling it all and wanting to take away everybody's pain and not see them go on a journey of hurt for them to learn their lesson. So I'll jump in and manipulate situations. Sorry, not necessarily consciously, but subconsciously. And it's not until hindsight when I realise that I've done that. And then burn myself out and then be like, enough is enough. Like, when is my time? And then you'll go through a bit of a martyr period. Everything's happening to me. I'm the victim. When really I've just created all of that. Well, we create everything. From the lack of boundaries. Yeah, but from the lack of boundaries, I've just created all of that. 
So I think that the more that, like you were just saying, the more you experience, the more things you go through and then you figure out what you're... Um, what you're all about, what you want, what you stand for, like our our um, values, like, you know, they change. Things change as we get older, as we go through our experiences. Someone cheats on us or lies to us, well, then trust and honesty, honesty becomes a higher valued value than what it was before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, mm. our beliefs and our values evolve over time, um, and so they should. Um, and then, therefore, like, once we kind of determine what they are, that kind of sets our boundaries of what we're going to, what we're willing to accept and not accept. But I think definitely when you're in the early throes of a relationship, you're willing to accept so much more from people um, than what you are as time goes on. Yeah, I think where I burn out is more so my emotional capacity and mental capacity towards other people's problems. Like I hate it when people have the same problem and they'll keep talking about the same problem, but they'll actively not do anything to resolve it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was, but then I thought I'm going to wait until the end. Oh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> um, I think lately I've realised that one of my closest um, people in my life, I don't agree with what they are doing. And I understand that it's my own thing and I have different values to what that person has. And But when we are talking from the beginning of this podcast episode where... Um, backtracking mm-hmm. I was trying to be supportive I'm like oh, as long as you're happy da, da, da. and I'm just like what this person is doing it has nothing like it's not in alignment with how I would have handled the situation mm-hmm. I recognize like I said that I had an internal issue towards what is happening but like I I, I don't know I, I don't want to hear it anymore it's just very not in alignment with your values yeah and then it's, it's hard to not put judgment on that person and let them fly free and do whatever they want because yeah. your boundaries are being hit and you've probably been hit somewhere before that's given you some kind of trauma around something that they're doing, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you hold less love for them or, you know, like want them to go and, you know, do the best that they can, you know what I mean, and you're, and you're happy that they're happy. But if it's something that's just not, not good karmic actions then that you know it'll be dealt with (laughs) yeah it just like I realize that when my boundaries go like I usually try and not obviously not pass judgment I don't see myself as much of a judgmental person really I'm pretty open but like I've realized that I do lose patience when with hearing other people's circumstances and stuff like and like I said like I know that I've got troubles with it but I feel like my boundary will sit where like I don't really actually want to hear about this sort of Mm -hmm. things and yeah sometimes I'm like is that wrong of me to even set that sort of boundary like isn't that or is it just something that I've got to work on and just be like look they're doing their own thing whatever but but you don't necessarily need to sit and listen to somebody talk about something that's not in alignment with it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it because I've been on the receiving end of What's the other person being affected by this. Mm-hmm. And it, I think possibly I am triggered and that's yeah. why I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've never said to this person, oh, don't do it, da 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 Like, I've shared my concerns when I've been asked. Yeah. But I said, like, do what you want to do. Yeah. 
but it's gotten to a point where I'm just like, actually, you know, I, I hear a lot of the things that people do and talk to me about. And it actually is a bit hard for me to, to actually think about and sit with because it takes more of my emotional energy to try and understand something that I personally wouldn't do and you can't understand no yeah. and it that's it actually drains me more than anything it's, yeah yeah that's Doesn't it light you up yeah no yeah. I think um I think that one of the main things for me with my boundaries is very much that whole backtracking and then when you start to implement new boundaries no I'm not doing that no I'm not doing that no you can do that like because that's what you want to do mm. people and, and again, speaking very generally, right? Like we we kind of taught that um, you do for the people you love, right? And you do. Don't get me wrong. You support and whatever. But there comes a point where you start enabling really poor behavior and bad decisions when you don't live in alignment with your life and values and beliefs and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I think you also lose respect of people, even if they don't realize it and you don't realize it at the time, but people, and, and like, there's that whole lot, what is it? The five love languages. We've got about four copies here. Cause we've got the one for the adults, one for the kids, one for the teens, and I think parents, parents or something. I don't know. There's about five copies here of the five love languages, right? So yeah. if your love language is, um, I think it's acts of service. So when people do things for you. That's when you feel loved. So those kinds of people, um, when, for example, um, if, if I was married to one, let's just put, put it out there. If I was married to one, which I'm not, but if I was, and his, his um, love language was acts of service. So everything that I did for him made him feel loved, right? But now I'm getting burnt out by that because my acts of service over here is quality time. Mm. And... You ain't spending no quality time with me. So I'm feeling very drained. Oh, oh my, my love tank doesn't feel full because I'm not getting my love language met. Yeah. But I'm, I'm constantly giving and giving to you and, and providing a service for you. Just like, because that's the, the you know, like the, the type of love we're talking about, the language that we're talking about here, the, um, the, the acts of service. Um, so your tank's full up over there. But then as soon as I go... Okay, I'm not doing this shit anymore because I'm actually over here and I'm going to spend more time doing this for me and, and whatever for me and whatever. And I'm doing less acts of service over there. Well, then you start to get really fearful because I'm not showing up now every day providing acts of service and making you feel loved. Mm. And so when you're not feeling loved, you get full of fear. What's happening? What's changed? Is there something going on? Like, you know what I mean? And so the dynamic of the relationship just changes and it's, because like a lot of the time from, you know, like the people that I've spoken to are my clients is that they get to a stage of burnout or they get to a stage of where their needs aren't getting met because they're so busy providing for everybody else, mm. which is like, and I know everyone's heard this analogy of like when you're on a plane and it's going down, who's the mask that goes on first? Your own, right? So you can help save yourself and help others. The fucking same in everyday life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're not feeling okay, you literally cannot help anybody else. No. Doesn't matter if that's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, whatever. It's just that's just it. And so you when you start changing the goalposts in a relationship with your boundaries, well that's a change. A lot of people fear change because they don't know what's on the other side of it. And everyone always fears that it's gonna be it's not what I'm not what I'm used to is coming home sitting on my comfy couch and watching the TV. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like now it's different. 
Now you want to, you know, whatever it is, but it's not the same as what it always was because now over here you've got dreams and you're not showing up for me every day and you're not providing that active service for me. So that must mean that you don't love me and I'm not feeling loved. So what's going on? And then shit happens. It's really, I think it's like, again, I think it's really difficult for people to sometimes know especially at a young age, what their boundaries are, because I think boundaries tend to come from experience and things that happen to us. They help to shape our boundaries and our values of, you know, what we will accept, what we won't accept. Um, And that changes, I think, all the time. But it's, I think it's really the the hindsight where you start to want to implement new boundaries and how you do that comfortably. So not everyone is like, what the fuck? Man, I still don't even know my love language. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I know, what are the, um, is it five love languages? Yeah, there's, there's like acts of service. Acts of service, quality time, gifts. And affirmations or something. Oh, I don't know. Um, see if I can find the, um, oh, here we go. Men, children, teens. I, yeah, because like I, when did I first learn love languages? It would possibly be a couple of years back, but I never really looked into mine. It was always me looking what my partner's love languages would be. Yeah, okay. Which is probably not a great idea if I don't know. No, because then if you don't know yours, but you know theirs, you're always hella aware of what theirs are and you're always doing that. Mm. Meanwhile, you're a freaking empty tank over here. So we've actually got five five of the books. I don't know if there's any more than this, but we've got just the five love languages. There's a singles edition, one for men, one for children, one for teenagers. I wonder why there's one for teenagers. Usually... Well, I think it's really good because it's before you fuck yourself up sure. yeah. in, in fucking relationships and not setting boundaries. And I think it's also good for them to understand, not even in romantic relationships, but with their parents. Because, you know, being a teenager is, I think, the fucking hardest period of your life ever. Yeah. Um, you're really, like, trying to figure yourself out there. So, okay, yeah, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service and physical touch. They're the five love languages. So I think it's important as a teenager because that's, I think, I think at that point that's, and I'm, again, very generally speaking, that is probably the point in your life where you're like the furthest from your parents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, not necessarily physically, but um, this is the normal one. Yeah. But um, if you, if you had that knowledge of what makes you feel loved and you were taught from a young age about personal responsibility and self-awareness and all of those sorts of, and all the things that we talk about, um, I think that it, like life would just be so much more easier to understand. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of teenagers like just trying to find their way. And especially now, like when I was young, obviously we didn't have mobile phones <laughs> and we didn't have social media. So we literally, especially here, we had to ride to someone's house to find them and, and all the rest of it. Whereas you guys are growing up at a time where you leave someone on red and holy fuck. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> they assume like, you broke up with them. <laughs> what? That's like, yeah. So, you know, like you have this, everything's just that your friends are right at your fingertips at any day, t- day and night, all the time. Whereas we were like in this this world where once we left you at like six o'clock when the streetlights came on, we didn't see you till eight o'clock the next day at school. Mm, yeah. We didn't know what was, what had gone on between then and now. Like we didn't you know even think I mean? about it. To like be honest. yeah, but it's not like that now. Like my kids are still on their whatever. You walk down there and their phones. Like they might be asleep, 
But their phones are still digging from their mates being up and being in group chats and all that stuff. I hate group chats. Boundaries. Boundaries with your kids. It's important to teach them that as well. Like, I think it's important that parents will allow their kids to have boundaries as well. Yeah, it is. Oh, I think that it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but coming back to the, what was the actual question? So the question was, um, <laughs> so this person here has trouble with implementing boundaries. The problem is now, it's not, it, yes, you have to implement them, but it's more the fallout that's going to happen yeah, from the change know. of boundaries, mm. right? And if you're, if you're coming from a place of revenge or vengeful or you're trying to get back at someone by, you know, giving them the finger and I'm not doing anything more for you, then, like, that's not, that's not a healthy boundary to be putting in place. Like, you're just being retali- retaliatory, you're just being vengeful, like that's triggered, triggered all of that. Um, her second part of the question was how she can communicate effectively her boundaries with others. So I think what we're trying to communicate here, so to give her a solution, so what type of language would you use? Word-wise or context? Um, I would, I would fit... I would just be straight up honest because there is, there is nothing more that you can be at that point but vulnerable and honest. And once you're vulnerable and honest, there's nothing more that you can give. That is mm. it. And whatever the reaction is that's coming at you, not them. So for someone who is lousy at thinking about themselves and not exactly implementing these important limitations for mm-hmm. other people... What could be ways of opening up this conversation? Because sometimes that's very hard mm -hmm. for people. But what you just said then just pointed out a really good thing. The first thing you need to work on is your lack of self-worthiness. Like, because if you don't feel worthy of putting these things in place, it's not going to last. Yeah. I feel like lousiness was a bit of a hard word to say. Like, it's, it's just not. Mm. Like, you've got to figure out what your boundaries are. And you've got to, you've got to feel worthy of those boundaries and if, if they're important to you, you're worthy of them. Whether you want to think you are or not, a lot of people have really low self-esteem, don't have much self-worth. They're the sort of people who are people-pleasers and really struggle to put their boundaries in place yeah. and hold their boundaries. And we go to and fro. Like I'll, Sometimes I'll let people cross the line with things and I'll go the extra mile. But generally speaking now, I have uh, the older I've gotten, the more boundaries I've had, the more boundaries I have in place and the more important I see those boundaries being. Then I guess when I was in my people pleasing stage, with which a lot of people are for a lot of their life, because we're taught we're going back to this before we were taught that doing everything for somebody. Watched my mum do it. Watched my nana do it. Like watched all the females when I think about it. All my aunties and everything do it. Waiting on hand and foot on their husbands. Do you know what I mean? Like the cooking of the dinner was just always, and it comes back to the thing that you said in an early podcast episode about like feminism and the whole patriarchy about women doing, like this is the woman's job, cooking dinner. Women belong you know in what the I mean? Kitchen. Yeah, like just exactly. all of those kind of things. Um, so sometimes it can be really hard. It depends on the relationship you're in. If you're with somebody who is very, who's a real misogynist and really thinks that men and boys are better than women, it's going to be harder for you to put those boundaries in place. But then that opens Deal up a whole other. Well, that's exactly right. It opens up a whole other world. Thing. And I think sometimes people are, are afraid to put boundaries in place because 
of how much they change and how much their life will change and how much freedom they get back from it. And what do I do with that freedom if I've just been doing this, this and this the whole time? Mm. If I've never felt free enough to do anything that I've wanted to do or even some of the things that I've wanted to do, you put boundaries in place, all of a sudden you've got this extra free time and now you've got to show up for yourself. What do you reckon would be the hardest part of um, setting a boundary? Not in terms of the aftermath or whatever, but was there a time where... um, you had to set a boundary and you were actually really scared of what was going to happen as a repercussion of that. Oh, professionally all fucking time. Yeah. Not so much in romantic relationships. I'm kind of like... Bring your fuck. Yeah, basically. That you've seen me. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to professionally, even, even when I was in the corporate world, absolutely, I struggled with boundaries. Um, um, yeah, that, that is my biggest challenge is in, in, in a work setting. In a career in the corporate world, I really struggled with having healthy boundaries in place. I burnt myself out many times over trying to prove something. Not that anyone had ever asked me to. Mm. It was more like trying to prove something to myself that I could do and climb the ladder and, and you know get the job that I didn't even really want. Yeah. But it was just about succeeding, success, being better. Um, and I never put boundaries in place for myself to look after myself. And I would be like... You'd run yourself Spending down. Spending the it. whole entire weekend doing work and then back to work on a Monday. Um, what do you think that narrative stood for, um, came from? My mum. She's a workaholic, man. Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't stop. She's always worked and not worked easy jobs where you sat at a desk. No, she, how old is she now? And she was working in a grocery store lifting heavy shit. Yeah, forever. God. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and my dad, like both of them, yeah. both of them, very hard workers. Um, and it was just, I guess, part of their parenting in some kind of way, plus being modelled to you in that environment. Probably being the eldest too, wouldn't um, have... Yeah, that too. Yeah, mm. so probably all of that. Um, and I'm grateful for it because look how hard I work now yeah. for my success in my own business. It took me forever to get my own business and to come around to having the confidence to do that. But I still struggle with boundaries now. I um, Actually, it makes me think because I can't really speak on... Um, his side of things because I wasn't really around but yeah. um I know that like I started work at an early age I think mm-hmm. I was 13 yeah probably probably when you could yeah and I stopped I hadn't stopped actually been yeah. working since then and, and I was the same that's exactly right yeah even when I was in high school doing a full-time diploma like I would be working after school on weekends. Yeah, like I did that's all I fucking did, to be yeah, honest. Like yeah. I don't think I actually really had a normal yeah. high school life, really. I didn't go to parties. Well yeah. I think um well I mean like I lived here anyway, so I didn't do any of that either. But like just going back to what you're saying now, like I think I started my job first job when I could fourteen and six months, whatever it was back then, and went to school went to work with Nana and just sort of like started working there and then other people would see that I started working so they'd ask mum like like you know just want to work here blah 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 so I worked in like a few different places around here all through school yeah um like a little ship's club at one point. every night not when I was at school not when I was at school but every night after school would go and work until like 8 30 whatever it was whenever we should close the shop uh weekends always worked um the one thing that I definitely missed out on was uh good education around uh, money, managing my money and all that sort of stuff. Like I really wish that I had that from a young age because I think about all the money I wasted as a fucking teenager. Oh my god, I remember not I knowing got that. Got my group certificate back, and I'm, I'm going to share this little part. It's fine because it's mine. I earned about probably just over thirty grand. I cried because <laughs> I had nothing from that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I was just like, fuck. Yeah. That was just from one job too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're digressing again. So back to the boundaries. <laughs> I think um, for me, when it came to when I was a teenager, I didn't allow myself to have fun. Mm. I think my boundary, I had shit boundaries when it came to like allowing myself to actually do things that I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was like, no, my parents want me to work, da, 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 so I'll just keep working and working, you know. Yeah. So I, I think that's where I kind of I think we developed great work ethic, which I'm super grateful for again, but I really struggle with the work balance like you're talking about now. And at least you don't have, like, the extra responsibility of having a family. Like, you can literally – you still have time to work all of that out is what I'm saying. Mm. And what you're – what your self-care looks like and how important it is to you before you introduce a family to your life um, and how that looks with, you know, whatever business or whatever job you want to work, whereas, you know, kind of halfway, past halfway into that now. <laughs> now I'm trying to balance it all. Um, um, but, yeah. yeah, boundaries are so well so important for so many different aspects of your life. Like, like I said, like I don't really struggle with boundaries on family relationships Sometimes with, like, my siblings I do, but not, like, with, um, you know, like, my husband or the kids or anything like that, or even friendships, really, but work. I think... Um, is my biggest struggle with boundaries. I feel like some people, not even some people, majority of people have a trouble, troubled, like, view on how... What actually can be an indicator of burnout? Like, people don't actually notice it until, like, the very end stages when you're tired and irritable. You know, can you catch it early? Can you see where you're getting to a point where you're like, oh, my God, shit. I just think the constant feeling of overwhelm, and I definitely didn't put enough emphasis um, on how my nervous system was feeling. So now today... As soon as I'm feeling overwhelmed or I feel like my... I can literally feel now where my nervous system feels like it's frazzled. Mm. I'm fucking done. I think my first indicator of burnout is I, I just randomly cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably past <laughs> when you should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just...